Good morning. Some of you are awake. How many of you are thankful? Well, there's a few more of you. This morning I woke up at 5 a.m. and I did not feel awake at all. I woke up at 4.30 and I went back to bed because my alarm hadn't gone off. I should have stayed up. You ever wake up on your own and your like, mind's clear and everything, and you go back to bed and you wake up just a short time later like you're supposed to and everything's all fuzzy? That's how I was this morning. Uh, but at this point, finally, after a little bit of coffee and uh, some time, uh, my mind is clear, thankfully. Um, but uh, uh, our, turn your Bibles to Psalm chapter 73. Uh, we're going to be looking uh, this morning um, at this chapter. It's a psalm of Asaph. He's not, uh, it, it is not written by David. It's written by Asaph. He was a, now, that doesn't mean he wasn't a, a nobody. He was the leader of their worship. Uh, he, uh, he, he was in charge in Israel of, of many of the, uh, of much of the worship that took place. And and uh, so he was a, he was a man who who was a godly man. He was a man who loved the Lord, who wanted to do what was right. And and uh, one of the reasons I love this psalm, and I've preached out of this psalm a couple of times. One of the reasons I love this psalm is because it shows us that even uh, even those that many times we look up to when we place on pedestals, they're they're not perfect. That gives me hope because I'm not perfect either. And uh, hopefully that gives, gives you all hope too because, well, the truth is none of us are perfect. Start, we're going to look again at verse 1 and 2 again. We're going to pray and just ask God to, to help us. Verse 1 says, Truly, God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for uh, just the opportunity that we have, to, again, to worship you, Lord, to lift up your name. You're worthy of our worship, Father. And the, the, the scripture is true, Father. You are good. And God, I pray that you'd help us to, uh, this morning as we, look at, uh, this, uh, as we look at this passage, Lord, may you speak to our hearts about the dangers of not being grateful for, the, for your goodness. Lord, I pray you'd help us to see those, Lord, that we might uh, see those dangers and those pitfalls, Lord, that we might then... Uh, Avoid them at all costs, Father. I pray that you help us, to, to, especially this week, but Lord, every week, Father, we're to come before your presence with thanksgiving. Lord, help us to, to be thankful and grateful in our hearts for who you are, for all you've done. Lord, you're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of, our, of, our, of an attitude of gratefulness, Father. And I, I pray that you might find it here. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thanksgiving is this week. If you, if uh, now the, the Bible tells us we're to, we're to give thanks pretty much all the time in every situation, uh, we don't have a choice. We're, we're told that we're to, to give thanks. Now, it's not necessarily uh, our nature to want to give thanks at all times and in every situation. Uh, I, for one, um, I'm not necessarily thankful for my circumstances or in the midst of my circumstances. And here, here's the, and, and what James said to, in James chapter 1, count all joy uh, when you fall into diverse temptations. I find it hard to count it, those temptations and those trials of my life joy. Uh, but it doesn't say to count the trials joy, but count that you're faithful and, 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 and the end product. Why? Because God works in me and changes me. God's doing those things. For, there's a purpose for those things in my life. If you turn over, just look with me if you would. You don't have to turn far. We're going to stay in Psalms. Look with me at Psalms 100. 
It's a very famous song and well known. It says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Psalms 103 says this, and I'll, I'll only read the first five verses. This is, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Uh, we, if we begin to stop and we think about uh, this one truth, and it's the same truth that we see in, in, in Psalm chapter 73, verse 1, it says, truly, God is good. Uh, if we would stop and think about that, if we would stop and, and just meditate upon those thoughts, my goodness, it should bring an, an attitude of gratefulness, an attitude, an air of praise into your heart that, that my, it should lift up your spirits. When we, when we begin to think about that, and, and, and I love how this psalm starts. It says, truly God is good. And it says to Israel, and listen, if you think back into the days of Israel and what God did for Israel, bringing them out of, uh, uh, giving them the, the promises uh, to Abraham, uh, uh, the covenants that were made to Abraham, to David, uh, uh, bringing them out of, uh, out of, uh, uh, of Egypt and, and all the miracles that were performed, bringing them into the promised land and blessing them and, and giving them the Savior through, so that through Israel, all nations will be blessed. And thank the Lord, that's us too, right? God was good to Israel. As many times as they, they turned their back on him, as many times as they murmured and complained, God always provided, God always took care of, God always blessed, God always cared for and kept the promises that he made to Israel. Truly, God is good to Israel. And can I tell you this, even though, uh, even though we're not Israel, we, are, we have been grafted in. We, uh, through salvation, we have become the children of God. And God is good to his children. Amen? Uh, we've been given an inheritance. We've been washed. We've been redeemed. Our iniquities have been taken away as far as the east is from the west. And there isn't a soul in here that is saved that can honestly say that God isn't good because it says very clearly in that first part of the verse, truly, God is good. And, I, and, and that, that is the one statement in here that is true and will never change. God is good. It's a part of his nature. When, when Abraham was on, the, or when uh, Moses asked to see, uh, the, asked to see God, said, he said, you can't see my face, but you'll see my hinder parts. And he allowed Abraham to see his goodness. And even that made his face to glow and to, so that he, that the, the people of Israel couldn't look upon, upon Moses. And God is good. And I'm so thankful for God's goodness. But many times, especially today, we get, we get lost. Those, that, that truth gets lost in all the things that are going on. I found out here this last Friday. It was not, not last Friday. When was Friday the 13th? Two Fridays ago. We were getting ready to leave on vacation. I looked at my wife and said, I'm so excited. It's going to be vacation. We're leaving on uh, Fridays. Uh, Friday, you get out of work. And, and it's vacation from there on. I got out of work and I said, honey, it's Friday. Our, our, our anniversary's coming up. We're going to be on vacation in Acadia. Vacation starts on Friday the 13th, 2020. Maybe we should just stay home. <laughs> this has been a, a, an interesting year. 
It's, we, I saw memes of, of pastors walking to churches excited on the first Sunday and walking out looking like they're 90 years old on in November of 2001. It's, it's, it's been hard on everybody. It's just, it's, I'm not saying it's been hard on pastors. God has been good to us, amen. But it's just been hard and difficult for everybody. We didn't expect any of the things that were going to happen to us this year. And if we get caught up in all those things that have happened to us and are still happening to us, Amen. It's not over. Things, the, uh, pe- people are still getting sick. Uh, uh, people are still suffering in the jobs. People are still struggling financially. Uh, 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 those things aren't over. But, can I, but, but let me say this. Uh, even though those things aren't over, that doesn't change the fact uh, the, of, the, of the, the truth that was, that was mentioned here in verse 1 of chapter Psalm 73. No matter our circumstances, no matter what's going on in our life, no matter the struggles that we face, God is still good. But when our focus changes from that, we go from a, an attitude of gratitude to, to uh, uh, we begin to complain and to murmur and to, to, to get fearful and anxious and worry. Instead of being thankful, our thankfulness is swallowed up in our grief and our, and our despair. We should never, uh, we, we need to be very careful about uh, not having an, an attitude or not having a grateful heart. It, it is dangerous to us as children of God to have that. We're going to look here at some, at, at the danger of that. Uh, here Asaph is very honest. He says, truly God is good but as for me, he's going to he, he said, listen, this, this was my problem. He says, as for me, my feet were well nigh slipped. Uh, he says, it says, uh, my feet were almost gone, meaning I, uh, he had stumbled and was almost fallen on his face. Anybody ever do that before? You walk along and think everything's all right and bam! Next thing you know, I love the, I love the long fall where it kind of starts like just like a little strip here. Like, I, so I like the, the, the long fall. Those are the funny ones. You watch them on a, America's Funniest Home Videos where somebody stumbles all the way across the stage or, or something like that. Those, those ones are always funny for me to watch because it, it looks like they might catch it. They, they, they might regain the balance and then bam, no, they don't. But So he, he was saying, he was my feet had almost gone. Uh, uh, yes, I know that God is good. I know that, I, uh, that God is good, but something happened. Even though he knows the truth, of that truth, even though that, uh, that's something that's not just something that, that's a head knowledge for him, it's something that he believes with all of his heart. He began to stumble. And not only that, he says, my, he says my, my, my feet had almost gone. Uh, he goes, my, my footsteps had well nigh slipped. Uh, he, he, he was on unsteady ground, and, and there was a problem in his life. And this, this, this is the danger of having an ungrateful heart. It's, listen, you know how you have a grateful heart? Meditate on the goodness of God. If you want to stop and, and think about the goodness of God in the midst of your circumstances, you will find that God will lift your spirits and God will give you joy. Because there are certain things that cannot be taken away from you. Your circumstances, man, they can be, they can be bad. 
Uh, you could have lost your job. You could, you could, have, uh, you could have a sick spouse. You could, you could be sick yourself. You could have gotten some bad news. Uh, listen, you have all those things. That doesn't change the fact that God is good. Because there are some verses that we, many times we take them and we, we repeat them and say, well, uh, we, we say it to somebody else who's going through a bad day. You know what Romans 8.28 says? All things work together for good uh, to them that love God according to his purpose. And if you love God, that means these things are good. We love to say those things. We don't like to hear those things. What, but what, what does that say? All things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. All things. When you get a raise, that's part of that all things. We'll praise the Lord, I got a raise. When you lose your job, that's part of those all things too. We're to, we're, we're, to, we're to worship God, we're to praise God, we're to be thankful in all of those situations. Do you know why? Paul said, I would rather glory in my infirmity. Why? That the glory and the strength of God can be made manifest. See, when we go through those difficult times, and, and, and I, I'm getting way ahead of myself, uh, but, but, but the, the pitfall that we fall into many times is, is that even though we know we have the head knowledge that God is good. I, I can take you to verses that say that God is good. I can tell you about times in my life when God is good. But right now, my circumstances are terrible, and I just have a hard time believing it. Can I tell you where you're at right now? You're stumbling. You're about ready to drop your microphone as you go across the stage. When we take our eyes off of the goodness of God and place them upon our circumstances, we place ourselves in... Uh, in, 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 a, in a difficult situation, in a dangerous place. Notice that it says in verse 3, we see his, we, we see his perspective, uh, we see a dangerous perspective. It says, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Now, notice who he's looking at. He's not looking at the people of God. He's looking at the world. And, and, and there, there, there's a, a problem in, in, in his heart because it said, I became envious. Are we supposed to be envious of anybody? Paul said uh, that, uh, but to, that he has learned to be uh, content in, in, in every situation, whether it abounds or whether, whether he's a base, whether things are good or bad. Uh, he's learned to be content. That's, a, that's something that we can learn to be. Uh, he, uh, this man, Asaph, became envious because here he is. He's trying to serve God. He loves God with all of his heart. Uh, he knows that God is good, and, and he's seen God good in his life. But, but somehow he's looking and begins comparing his life with the life of the wicked. And he became envious, and he became envious of the foolish and envious of the wicked because he thinks that God's not being fair to him. We begin to, we begin to get this attitude that we, that we feel that God is unfair. There's an inequity in our life where this person is getting more and, and is, even though they don't love God as much or they're not serving God as much. They, they're not going to church, but, the, but look how, how, they, how much they have or look at their new car or look at their house. They may have a new car and they may have a new house and they may have lots of toys. They also may have a lot of debt. That's another point altogether. In fact, not even part of this message. But we, uh, many times we begin to look with envy. Our perspective is changed. When we take our eyes off of God, we put our eyes on the world, and there's a, a dangerous place that we put ourselves into, and it's a place of, of envy, and it's a, it's, a place, it's a place that can cause damage to our lives. We're going to see why here. It says, verse 4, For there are no bands in their death. 
but their strength is firm. What does that mean? Uh, there's no pain in their death. He said, look at, I'm looking at all these, these evil rich guys. Uh, they're dying in, in, of old age. And they're, they're, they're not having any trouble. They're not, ha- they're, they're, they're not dying of illnesses. It's just they're happy in their old age with all their money and their wealth. The more money you have, the more problems you have. The more money you have, the more, the more struggles you have. Uh, I, I used to watch, a, the, the, I don't remember what, what channel it was on, but there was a, a show on it, would, and it followed these, these uh, people who, who uh, won the lottery. And it followed them from the, when they won to what happened in the end. And listen, most of them lost their money. The ones that didn't lose their money lost their family and their friends because their family and their friends started knocking on the door saying, hey, I, I, have, a, I have a need or I have a business opportunity for you to invest in or, or uh, I'm, I'm this or I need this. And, 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 then, and then there was one. This was the, the one I loved the most. He, he never really had much family. He didn't have many friends. So he didn't have anything to do with his money. So he invested it. And the man had so much money that in, in, invested at the time when they, well, this was years after he won the lottery, he had so much money invested that, that he could live off of the interest as long as he didn't spend more than $40,000 a day, he never touched the principal. Do you know what you can do with $40,000 a day? $40,000, let's just say he took a vacation and skipped a week and didn't spend any money. How, how much would your life be changed if he, if he just showed up at your house with a check? That's what I'd be wanting to do. You know what he did? He filled his house with marble statues and filled his garage with, with all kinds of sports cars and did all these wonderful things. You know where he found himself at the end? There was nothing left for him to buy. There was nothing more for him to get. And he just, he was sad. He says, my life is miserable. There's nothing more to buy. I've done everything. His heart wanted more. And he had all the money he could need. More than he could ever need. That's the end of those things. But see, we look at it from afar and say, hey, if I only had that, when I, when I take my eyes off the goodness of God and I, and I put them on my circumstances, I put them on my bank account or, or, or the, the, the bills that are coming in or all those other things, I take it off of God, I, I, I put it there, man, I become envious. It's, it becomes a stumbling block in my life. I begin to look at them with a perspective that's dangerous. Why? As I look at them and I say, they're not in trouble, verse 5. Those other men, neither they played like other men. They don't have the same problems I do. No, they have other problems. And may I say they have worse problems. We're going to see in a minute. So they are corrupt and they speak wickedly. Concerning oppression, they speak loftily. He says, listen, you begin to look at those people and, and make assumptions that they've made their gains uh, by, by being oppressive. And, and, and they're, they're, they're open about it. They say, listen, I'm oppressing these people. This is how I, they're bragging about the way that they're cheating people out of their money. Listen, that, but when you look at that, you get angry and you can become bitter and it can destroy your life. And can I tell you, it will destroy your attitude of gratitude. It will destroy your thankfulness for God and the things that he has done for you. Because the things, that, the things that God has done for you are, are, are not tangible. Uh, they're not something that you can touch necessarily. Uh, they're not necessarily something that you can, that you can, uh, uh, that, that you can put home in a box and lock away to try to protect. The things that God has given to us and blessed us with, we don't need to protect. They're already protected. Uh, I was talking to Anita this morning. She was talking about um, uh, her, her son-in-law, Tim. He, was, he preached down in... in uh, 
down in uh, Florida, uh, where he's a, an assistant pastor down there. And uh, uh, he had, part of the service that he preached this last week, uh, he had Googled hashtag blessed and to see what came up. And there were pictures of cars and houses and all kinds of, uh, you know, temporal things, temporary things, things that will rust and corrupt and be stolen. And, and, and he said many of the things that they had hashtag blessed it couldn't even show on the slides because they're just immoral. And, and that's what the world thinks is blessed. But can I tell you, God blesses us with so much more. But when we begin to look at those material things, it can cause us to be envious. It can cause us to put us in a, in a desperate situation. It says there in verse, verse 10, Therefore his people returned hither in waters, waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. He's talking about the people of Israel. They're, they're turning back. They're turning away from the Lord. Why? Because, because of the, uh, how the, the world is leading and living. And, and listen, how many times do Christians walk away from the church because they're looking for something that the world, only the world can offer? I can tell you I did it. Can I tell you I came back because I found it and it wasn't worth it. Amen. Young people, be careful. Don't think that the things that this world has to offer. And listen, I say young people. Young people or old people, uh, you can be saved for years or, or, or be newly saved. The things that, that Satan in this world has to offer are not worth it. Don't allow those things to pull you away. They, they will. Now, what's the danger of all these things? Well, first, we've seen his perspective, but, but now it's affecting his life. Verse 13, he says, Verily, I have cleansed my heart, in vain, and wash my hands in innocency. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. His perspective is now affecting the way he's living his life. He was a man of God. He was one who loved God. He, he wrote uh, much of the Psalms. Uh, 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 he, he led the people in worship. Uh, but his eyes had gotten off of God and the blessings of God. And his eyes had been placed upon the people. His perspective has changed. And now that perspective is affecting, uh, affecting the way he, he lives. He says, listen, I've done all this in vain. Look, look at, look, I, I'm living for God. I'm serving the king. I'm doing all these other things. I'm serving God. But, but man, I've done it for nothing because look how they're living. My life is bad. They're, they're going, I'm going through trials and temptations and, and, and all kinds of different problems in my life. They're, they've got it easy. Why am I doing this? Why do I keep going? Because it's just not worth it. We need to be very careful of that ungrateful attitude. We think, well, this Thanksgiving is, is, is about Thanksgiving. No, every day needs to be about Thanksgiving because when we take our eyes off of God and the goodness of God and those things that we really should be thankful for, yes, I'm thankful for a roof over my head, but there are people that have a whole lot less of a roof. And guess what? And there are people with a whole lot more of a roof. We should all be thankful for what God has blessed us with. Well, it's not just a roof over my head. It's my salvation. You can take my roof, put me in a, in a cardboard box. I can still be thankful. You can take my car and make me walk everywhere. It might be good for my health. Maybe not good for my feet, but good for the rest of me. <laughs> Why? Because God is good. And, and, and listen, regardless of my circumstances, that truth never changes. Again, because it's part of his nature. 
If we begin to think that we've done everything in vain, we'll stop doing it. When I was 24 years old, I asked myself this question. Serving, serving in the church every single week. I, I did more in church almost than I do now, other than I didn't preach every Sunday. Uh, I, I, had, I was at church from morning till probably 9 o'clock at night, uh, 6 in the morning, 9 o'clock at night, with teaching classes, doing all kinds of things on Sunday. And I asked myself the question, why am I doing this? I lost my reason, my motivation. And it wasn't long before I packed up and I moved to Maine. There's a danger when we allow our eyes to get off of God and his goodness and the reason we're doing these things, that, that attitude, that, that, that gratefulness, that, that love of God. It's not, far, it's not a far trip to, well, I'm not going to church anymore. And listen, none of us are, none of us are, are out of that position. But you know how we get back? Asaph gives us, gives us the answer. He got, to, he got to the point where Asaph said, it's, it's too painful for me to even think about. He was so caught up in, in, in the things of the world, it's, just, it's too much for me to think. I was overwhelmed. And, listen, that can be that way for us. But then he said, until I went into the sanctuary of God, verse 17, then, I, then understood I therein. He says, "Listen, uh, it wasn't until like and, and listen, and I'm not talking about coming into the, the, the it, coming to church. It's not until it, it, he didn't say uh, I went to church. Uh, thankfully today we don't have to. He's talking about being in the presence of God. And thankfully today we don't have to be in church to be in the presence of God. Uh, we can be in the presence of God in your prayer closet. You can be in the presence of God uh, sitting on the side of the road. Listen, uh, it wasn't." Uh, uh, it wasn't that long ago I was driving along and I was singing, singing in my car, uh, singing praises to God all by myself. And guess what? God showed up and I, I had a good time. I was in the presence of God there. And he's talking about being in the presence of God. And, and when you're in the presence of God, what happens? God reveals himself to us. Just, uh, just like in Isaiah chapter 6, God revealed himself to Isaiah. And Isaiah said, whoa, am I, uh, for I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. Uh, I began to see uh, the God's glory and God's holiness. And he began to see God for who he was. And then he realized his own sinfulness and his own wickedness. And it's exactly what happens to Asaph. He says, I went into the sanctuary, and I understood their end. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou cast them down into destruction. He says, I've realized. He goes, listen, their end is a whole lot worse than my end. He goes, they may have things good now, but their feet are in slippery places. Well, well my, his perspective was wrong that whole time. Do you understand that? They, their life wasn't good. Things weren't going well for them. They, they had problems just like everybody else does. It was his perspective that was wrong. But worse than that, because of their sinfulness, because of their wickedness, their feet were in slippery places. And just like he slipped and fell, the Bible says that at any point in time, God could have taken them and their chance would have been over for salvation. He suddenly understood their end and he realized how foolish and how stupid he had been. That's what he says here in verse, verse, uh, verse, uh, Verse 21, this, thus my heart was grieved and I was pricked in my reins. So foolish was I and ignorant. I was a beast before thee. He goes, how could I act like that before you, God? I'm sorry. Anytime you see the word grieved or pricked in my heart, it's talking about, it's talking about the Holy Spirit, uh, God convicting him uh, of, of his thoughts and his actions. 
And he looked back at the way he had been acting and the way he had been thinking, and he realized that his envy and his, and his, his bitterness and his anger towards, uh, towards God and towards those... Listen, he was angry at them for what they had. He was angry at God because God, he didn't have what, what they had. Uh, there was a problem in his life. The Bible says God... Remember that first verse? God is good to, them, to the people of Israel and to them that are of a clean heart. Now listen, uh, I'm not saying God rewards, God necessarily rewards our goodness because there have been some good people that have suffered greatly. But there is a blessing when we serve God. The problem is his heart was unclean. Think about that. Think about this for a second. How does God reward those that are of a clean heart? The Bible says, who shall dwell in his holy hill? He that hath a clean heart. The Bible says, draw nigh unto me and I'll draw nigh unto you. Cleanse these hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. How does God reward a clean heart? With his presence. And if we're in the presence of God, we see the goodness of God. And we see the holiness of God. We see the blessings of God. When he entered into the sanctuary of God, he was convicted of his sin because he was in the presence of God. He realized he was wrong, and it changed his perspective, and he began to see the goodness of God again. And notice what he, notice what he saw now that his, his, his view has changed. Verse 23, Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holding me by my right hand. He said, God, you were there with me. How many of you have heard that, uh, that, that, uh, sand, that uh, Footprints in the Sand? You've read or seen the poem? Uh, we went up to Acadia, and I, and I had walked across one of the beaches there at the end of a, a hiking trail. And I looked back at my family on the other side, and there was, a, there, there was my footprints. It would be great if I'd seen a second set of footprints. I didn't. They weren't there. But, but it reminded me of that. No matter how difficult life is, no matter what situation uh, God has brought me into, he is there with me. Job said that, uh, that he looked, looked for him on the, the right hand, he looked for him on the left hand, and he didn't see him. He says, he says, but I know that thou art there, and when I am tried, I will come forth pure as gold. I, I may not necessarily be able to see him, but God is there with me in every circumstance. You know, God is here with us in 2020. God is still real. He, he, he hasn't gone on vacation. Uh, he, he hasn't taken a long nap. Uh, he, uh, he isn't waiting to see how we're going to respond. He is still here. You know what? Uh, regardless of who ends up in the, in the White House next January, he's still here. Say, well, uh, the world's going to come to an end if Biden wins, or the world's going to come to an end if Trump... Listen, the world's going to come to an end when God says it comes to an end. It doesn't matter who's in the White House. It doesn't matter what, what virus is floating around or whether or not I have to wear a mask. Uh, listen, God's in control, and he's here with us by my side every moment of every day. Something I should be thankful for. Says, thou shalt guide me with thy counsel. We can be thankful to God for his presence. We can be thankful to God for his word. His word guides us. This is something that 
has boggled my mind. Can't guide us. GPS does no good to you if you don't turn it on. A map doesn't do any good for you if you don't unfold it. Advice doesn't do any good for, to you if you don't listen to it. The Word of God can't lead you if you don't read it. And we need the Word of God. We need to rely upon the Word of God. God has given it to us according to, according to 2 Timothy. Uh, it's, it's inspired by God and it's profitable uh, for, for everything that we need. We need it. He's given it to us. We should be thankful for it. We should be thankful for his presence. We can be thankful for his word. I don't know about you, but I am thankful for his word. We've been doing a study on Wednesday nights of Psalm 119. And the entire chapter, the longest chapter in the Bible, is about the word of God. We've got weeks and weeks of more messages to come. that are all about the word of God. How can you preach about the word of God that much? Because thankfully there's that much to learn. It's necessary he guides us by his word. We can be thankful for that. We can praise God for that. Verse 25, verse 24, Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. I have an inheritance waiting for me. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Do you understand that this isn't the end? I'm excited about that. I don't know about you. I'm thankful for that. I don't know about you. Uh, this, this, this Thanksgiving, you sit around the table with your family, uh, your, your, your friends, or, or, or whether you're doing it on a Zoom call, or whatever you're going to do, uh, uh, however you do it, uh, when you're thankful, we, we don't necessarily have to be thankful just because of the houses and the, those material things. We can be thankful for those things that God has blessed us with, his presence, his word, eternity. Because without eternity, where would we be? Where would we be going? We'd be of all men most miserable. We'd be on our way to on, a, on our way to hell, prepared for Satan. And uh, I am so grateful that we have a home in heaven. Says who says who have I in heaven, but Thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside Thee. The Bible tells us that there's a friend sticking closer than a brother. There's something closer to us than our friends and our family, and that's our God, our Savior. We can be thankful for our Savior. My flesh, my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You know what Asaph is saying here? He's, he's, all those things that I thought that I wanted, all those things that I, that I was envious of, and God is all I need. Have you gotten to the point where you, you understand that God is all you need? God is all you need. You don't need a fancy job, a fancy car, a fancy house. You don't need a spouse. You don't need a friend. You don't need anything. God is all that you need. Now, that doesn't mean God doesn't bless us with those things. And it doesn't mean we can't be thankful for those things. I'm thankful for all that God has given to me. The Bible says that every good gift comes from above, from, the, from heaven, from our Father. But, but listen, and I'm thankful for those things, but I don't need those things. What I need is God. I need to keep my eyes upon him. He'll strengthen me. He'll give me strength when my strength fails. It says, For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go a whoring from thee. 
but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. It's interesting, when I find myself with my eyes on God, I talk about God and the goodness of God and the blessings of God. When I find myself, and listen, I'm not immune to this. None of us are immune to this. When I find myself with my eyes focused on something else, what do you think it is that I talk about? That other thing. I may not talk about it, but it's what I meditate on. It's what I dwell upon. Uh, and listen, I can get caught up in things just like everybody else, and, and, and it will begin to consume you. But, but, but the, the most important thing that I can be consumed with is being consumed by being in the very presence of God. I would rather know God better than anything else. I, I would rather be closer to God have a, and have a desire to be closer to God than to have anything else. There is a danger to not being thankful. Listen, uh, there's a danger every single day. That danger is that we become bitter, that we become angry, that we become envious of the things of this world, and we forget the goodness of God. Remember Psalms 103, it said, forget not his benefits. Don't forget his benefits this week. And every week, every day, just maybe remind yourself in the morning when you get up, take some time to say, God, I just want to thank you that you gave me another day. There are a lot of people that can't say that anymore. God, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I, I have a day that I can serve you. I'm thankful that I have a, a day that I can worship you. I'm thankful that I, I have a day, another day that, that, that you could use me. Uh, uh, start your day like that. Make sure that you plan out your day time uh, that, that you just say, God, I, I just want to thank you for this. Thank you for that answer to prayer. Thank you for, for how you gave me this. Thank you, thank you for, for, for not giving me this. Cause, listen, because sometimes the things that we ask for and God doesn't do are more important than the things that we ask for. I'm, I am grateful that I haven't gotten all I asked for as a young person. I would not have the wife and the four children that I have now. Who knows where I'd be? Be grateful. There are dangers. There's a danger to being ungrateful. May God help us. Father God, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. I pray that you'd help us uh, this morning to have our eyes focused upon you, upon your goodness, your mercy, and your work. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your salvation. Lord, I thank you for the strength and the guidance that you give to us. Lord, for your protection as you watch over us. I thank you for the for the, the, the future, Lord, that you have for us. May God be, help us to keep our eyes focused upon those things instead of the things going on around us. Lord, we get so caught up in, in things today, whether it's because of the news or just our situation or whatever it is. God, I pray that you just help us to keep our eyes upon you. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.